0: Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with returning guest, Don Crane, president of America's Physician Groups. Many of you may know Don and America's Physician Groups as the leaders of the movement from volume, to value in America's medical world. APG covers 45 states, and their members serve over 44 million lives when it comes to healthcare services and coverage here in the United States. In today's episode, Don and I talk about the new administration, what that might mean to APG. We even discuss the vaccine and how its members feel like it's going to be great while there's some hesitation as well, and why there's some hesitation. Again, we hope you enjoy today's episode of Health Podcast. Feel free to check out other episodes of Health Podcast by visiting PopHilfPodcast.com, our YouTube channel, Apple Music, Spotify, and Stitcher as well. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. Well, Don, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back again.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We've done, done this a few times, and this is, this is definitely a good one, so thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, Usually, uh, I know we do this in your office in downtown LA, but obviously times have changed. We're recording this episode, our first recording of 2021, uh, not the first episode uh, release. Um, And so yeah, we've moved over to Zoom now and appreciate you uh, doing this. So this will be your first video podcast. And Don, when we've had you in the past, we've talked a little bit about your dogs. Um, about your friend, um, I believe a homeless gentleman uh, that you walk by after your workouts or on your way to your workouts and also your love for the Dodgers. So this year, maybe something new. Uh, What's a fun fact, uh, something out of the ordinary people may not know about you?
1: So here's my answer. I uh, feel, at least at the moment, exceedingly normal in that I, like everybody else, is in the same boat right now. In other words, I, I am at home working from home and that's a fun fact. I'm very eager to get the COVID vaccine. There's a fun fact. I mean, there's almost no fun facts. I'm not saying I'm depressed, but I mean, no question I'm watching with beyond fascination what's rolling out in Washington, DC in terms of the election and electors and riots and whatnot. And I would have to be honest to say, mm, it causes just a wee bit of anxiety, right? Yeah. And then and then then watching this amazing foot race in in terms of the pandemic, I mean the arrival of the vaccine and the arrival at the same time of a variants and you know unbelievable case rates and new numbers and mortality and death that goes with it. Um, so um, what's new and fun about Don is I'm like everybody else right now. I feel like we have all have something very much in common like never before, that's how I feel.
0: Yeah, man, yeah. We, have a, we have a common enemy and uh, that, can yeah. that can bring people together. Mm-hmm. So um, I know you'll be getting your vaccine soon. I had mine uh, last week, as I mentioned off the air as well. So I Good hope you have a positive experience. Um, like I did. Um, Cool. Well, let's jump into it. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that may not have uh, listened to one of Don's episodes, we usually do about once a year with Don to get an update. Um, When we first had Don Green on, I think that was at the time where it still may have been, your organization may have been known as CAPG. So now it's known as APG. Could you give us a a quick reminder or for those who, who are listening or watching for the first time, what is APG and what's the CAPG reference I was talking about?
1: So APG, America, America's Physician Groups. So we're a professional association composed not of individual physicians nor any other entity, but uh, physician groups, right? And uh, we are now, uh, I think 350 strong approximately, spread across about 45 states, so with a big footprint. Um, Once upon a time, we were CAPG, California Association of Physician Groups. This is where our roots are in California, where. Um, there is so much integrated, uh, capitated care, um, but what with the value movement and its proliferation across the country, we thought it important to improve our advocacy, make it more effective by ourselves being national, you know, with footprint in many different states, you have more access to more congressmen and more senators and so forth. So. I don't know, is it four years ago now? The time flies, it was a three, four, five. We rebranded and moved nationally, changed our name to America's Physician Groups and uh, office in Washington, DC, where we advocate, uh, continue to have our office in Sacramento, where we continue to advocate, um, full spectrum of uh, budget-based groups. So, you know, we use the word capitation, of course, from time to time, but. Um, Maybe the better word these days is budget-based prospective payment because there's all manner of risk models. But all of our members are uh, very much committed to risk-based contracting that make physicians, their groups, accountable for cost and quality, which we think is important. And I think all of them see the evolution and sophistication of their individual operation moving towards the... Um, The goal, which is really global cap in a kind of a delegated model, that's sort of the long-term ideal for all of them. But they represent the whole spectrum. So we've got plenty of globally capitated groups. But we've got upside-only, you know, risk-sharing groups, Medicare ACOs, and then everything in between. So that's APG.
0: Awesome, Don. And for those of you that may not work for a medical group or be familiar with capitation, or uh, the phrase you used was a budget-based, can you say that phrase one more time?
1: Well, budget-based prospective payment. Okay. Lots of words to distinguish it from what is the norm now and is really the bane of our American healthcare experience, which is the fee-for-service payment model, which worked just great in the 1800s, but is basically paying doctors per click For doing work, and it gives rise really to kind of a sick care system. More sick people, the more money doctors and hospitals make, and that's not the incentive you really want. What you want is to put the physician group on a budget, you know, so that there is a reasonable, um, uh, you know, frugality, if I may use that word, you know, paying attention to the stewardship of resources. Um, put them on that budget, and then also it changes the entire perspective of the group because it all of a sudden makes them highly interested in prevention, early intervention, and even social care issues. I mean, the goal is keep that population healthy. Once they're healthy, they don't represent a cost item. So the healthier are, the lower the cost, the more profit, if I may use that word for the group. Um, And that's really how you want to align the incentives. That's how you want your doctors and hospitals thinking about you and what you do. So,
0: Yeah, no, thank you for uh, kind of helping our non-medical group folks uh, understand with the way you just phrased it. So you have, you're in 45 states, 350 groups. Do you have any idea how many lives that covers?
1: So we have an estimate, and this is an estimate. So it involves about 95,000 physicians that are employed or contracted by these groups. Some of these are staff model groups, some of them are IPA, some are connected with hospitals, some are not. um, And they take care of approximately 44 million patients. So this is a population of 330. So that's a lot, but you can see the penetration of the model across the country is increasing for sure. Not as rapidly as we'd like, but nonetheless, it is indeed increasing um, and that's important.
0: Yeah, so you have some momentum there now. I know you can't name all 350 or however of your members, but for those in our audience, Don, that may not be familiar with APG, CAPG, capitation, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of frontline, a lot of the folks that listen might be like a frontline case manager, social worker, a medical assistant who works for a physician, a, a salesperson for a healthcare company. Don, could you share like some of the names of the groups uh, that you got that are members of APG that maybe the general healthcare audience would be familiar with?
1: Well, we got some pretty big names, so moving from west to east along the west coast, you know, healthcare partners and Sharp Steely and health physicians in the Bay Area and on and on, you know, moving uh, and actually should start further west than that. We've got, I think, five or six members in, in Hawaii. Uh, but quite a few in California, of course, but, you know, as I move east and just thinking off the top of my head, you know, Everett Clinic up in Washington State and Mountain in uh, Utah and uh, uh, Oshner in Louisiana and Mount Sinai groups in New York and then into Puerto Rico, all of the oh, wow. virtually all the groups in Puerto Rico. So you can see the geographic reach as well, Hawaii, to Puerto Rico and everything in between. Um so, but they're, they're, those are those are some of the names that occur to me. Great. My, um, my apologies to my members that, whose names I didn't mention, but <laughs> yeah,
0: and I know a lot of APG members will be listening. Um, our core audience uh, at Pop Health Podcast uh, may not work for an organization that uh, may not be an employee of an organization that's one of your members, um, but they probably they likely work with your medical groups, sure. and so I think it's important for them to see the connection. Uh, with some of the groups they're working with and how APG is supporting those groups. So you mentioned momentum, you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, the move every year we talk about this, the move from volume to value and we're recording this in uh, January 14th, 2021. That's the recording date today. Mm -hmm. And uh, Don referenced, uh, you know, some things happening in DC um, for, you know, if people listen to this in future years, we just had the, uh, the riots in the Capitol, which was the, the first time, I mean, that I understand that's ever happened. We have a new administration coming in, uh, the Biden administration, uh, taking over for the Republican Trump administration. Now, I think my opinion is that a Biden administration would be all about, uh, you know, from volume to value and promoting mm-hmm. the value. Do you? And I know there's the Trump administration. You guys had good relationships as well. Yeah. but. What would you say is going to be different or maybe just kind of open up about the new administration and how you see that playing out for APG?
1: Well, for sure, we've got a new administration. We also recall that in Georgia, the runoffs were completed and now Georgia has two Democratic senators. The consequence was is uh, the House and the Senate now with the tie-breaking vote of, of the Vice President Kamala and the White House are all, you know, Uh, quote unquote control, if that's the right word, by Democrats. And so that creates a very different environment, which is much, much more conducive to legislation. So I think the Biden administration is very happy with all of that and thinks that its agenda will be uh, easier to accomplish. Uh, So there's that. In terms of what they're going to do, you know, time will tell, certainly at the top of their list, if you read their platform, Released many months ago, now in terms of their interest, I think the single largest issue is the expansion of coverage, sort of extending the Affordable Care Act, expanding coverage, either by changing either or and or um, the changing the eligibility age of Medicare, moving it down from 65 to a lower number. So that's a possibility, but I think the more likely one they wish to push is the a creation of a public option where the feds go into the insurance business and sell uh, coverage much like medicare coverage perhaps although with differences and uh, that would be used to create subsidies and the like which would have its as its goal the expansion of coverage to try and get to universal coverage and so that seems to be the leading goal and that would fit you know I guess the question for us is, how does that fit with the value movement? And yeah. we are not 100% sure, sir. I mean, we know, we know all these people. Um, so Javier Becerra, the new secretary of HHS or the appointed nominated secretary of HHS is well known to myself and APG, having come from California, the home of managed care. Yeah. And so one could imagine the value movement continuing at full speed ahead and we think it will, but we need to see that too we're obviously advocating for that okay. in fact i'll add a little color to that yeah our commentary is the leaky boat metaphor so yes let's expand coverage let's get everybody in america covered there's many many good important reasons for that but simultaneously let's fix our dysfunctional system and rid it of the uh, epidemic waste that it, it that it characterizes it so if you take a boat and it's leaky it's going to sink if you don't fix the holes if you add more people into the boat it'll leak and it'll sink even faster so president biden at all please let's let's finish this movement from volume to value let's rid the system of waste let's improve coordinated care as we expand coverage. But let's not forget to fix the leaky boat and let's do it upfront.
0: Now, nah, good analogy there, Don. So uh, let's jump back a little bit to 2020. Okay. And um, again, I know everyone knows we have the pandemic, the coronavirus mm-hmm. pandemic, we talked about the vaccine already. Tell us about how APG has been impacted by the pandemic, and how maybe just from like a 30,000 foot level, how your members have been impacted?
1: Okay, so I'll start with my members because that in turn then affects us. The really interesting thing here is that my members have been impacted, particularly those that have a mix of you know, um, HMO patients and PPO patients, HMO patients where the capitation is typically the, the model and so forth and so they have been hurt and i don't want to minimize that but at the same time those that are capitated have weathered the storm very well the prospective nature of capitation payments brought this cash flow in and it was uninterrupted and so they were able to continue the outreach to their patients doing their data mining in order to identify which patients might be most susceptible to COVID, reaching out to those patients, et cetera, et cetera. So in a way they were in a position to up their game and do an even better job taking care of their communities and their populations. By contrast, and this is one of the great sort of learnings unfortunately from the pandemic, those physicians in the fee-for-service model really ran into trouble. Patients stopped going to visits right they didn't want to wait in waiting rooms nor did they want elective surgeries everything about the pandemic interrupted patient visits to doctors practicing in a kind of a fee-for-service model so with that uh, reduction or cessation in visits so too did the revenue go away and so all of a sudden overnight we've got broad swaths of physicians across the united states in deep financial stress, and some going out of business and closing their doors yep. at the very time we need their their help the most. So, huge takeaway lesson from the pandemic: fee for service, perfectly horrible in a pandemic. Capitation, much much preferable. So the you know superiority of the model really jumped out in stark stark contrast. So my, mom, my members have done pretty well. In yeah. answer your question. And in turn, APG has done pretty well in terms of not losing members. They've had their revenue they pay the dues and I'm happy, but we've not (laughs) been unscathed because our sponsors have been um, negatively affected, uh, sponsors of all types. So APG revenue has dropped considerably and we've had to introduce some cuts and so forth and so like a lot of businesses we're you know we're doing pretty pretty darn well uh better than we thought but we've had to adjust for sure we canceled a couple of our conferences for example which is a real blow to us and everybody who enjoys our conferences so uh we're working through it we're but we're looking for you know we're looking for herd immunity and happier times
0: definitely. And I appreciate your uh, candor there, Don, about how you, you know, APG, how the members are doing well, but obviously, you know, sponsorship revenues down conference revenue. And I think that's something we forget about some of these associations um, is it's not just about the dues, but the other sources of revenue. And, And for those of you that have not been to an APG or CAPG conference, I mean, I've been to a few of them and they're fantastic and great networking opportunities um, for me, for all the members, for the physicians, the leaders, um, some really high-end guests as well, uh, very dynamic guests. So um, I'm looking forward to the days when those are back, and um, hopefully, you know, you guys will be hiring again and all that good stuff. So one one thing I wanted to go back to, Don, is mm-hmm. your comment about how your HMO members, uh, from a financial and capability perspective, this was a good year from just looking at that lens. While your PPO. Uh, physicians, and doc- or physicians and doctors in that line of business struggled. Um, yeah. I think the majority of our audience understands how that works. But if you wouldn't mind, Don, I wanted to take a moment and maybe try to take a stab at it myself to explain it in different types of terms. Sure. So for those of you that are listening that may, may be new into healthcare as a professional, what Don was referencing is the medical groups like Sharp Reece, Steely, in San Diego, the health plans that pay them. Continued to pay them at their same rate for managing the same population. Their revenue stayed kept kept coming. PPO doctors that health plans pay per visit struggled because that there were no visits or a severe decrease in visits. So because of that, they weren't getting any revenue, and so that that's why they closed their doors or, or uh, did it. So uh, yep. I apologize for the listeners if I just exactly repeated what Don said, but so I tried- you did a good
1: job. It bears repeating.
0: <laughs> I, it's not as eloquent as Don, but I tried to simplify it because I'm not as smart as uh, most APG members. So <laughs> um, I tried to relate to, to more of the unskilled folks like myself. So we talked about revenue being a challenge. One mm-hmm. thing for your members, and we've, we've heard this across the country, is the a- adaptation of telehealth, the reimbursability of telehealth. Um, have you seen, I mean, I know you've seen it, Don, but maybe from a high level, how has telehealth expanded within your membership? What are some of the challenges and successes of that?
1: So boom, overnight. You know, we heard about China in February and by March we were on whatever the date was, was basically shut down time. Don't remember the precise dates. Many of my members reported how they've been working on their telehealth programs for a long time and and moving it along and trying to launch it in since the pandemic hit i mean literally literally over the weekend many of them moved to telehealth visits for all of their visits overnight every darn doctor immediately was deployed into telehealth and so it was and this was they were capable of doing this because they're capable doors open and the revenue and so forth continued to flow. And so they immediately responded in a way that met the needs of their patients in their community. Um, you know, There were interesting issues in, in terms of infrastructure and waivers out of Medicare and you know, who pays for the visit and on and on and on. None of that went away, but their overnight response was breathtaking. I mean, shows you the, really the capability of these groups. Since then, they've now, I think since they kind of like, you know, stabilized things, um, they've done this remarkable job of determining how much telehealth ought to happen, specialty by specialty by specialty, and it varies. And so now they know where and when and how best to deploy it, and when and where and how it doesn't work fully. Um, the net of that is going forward we're going to be having telehealth for the rest of our lives this has changed yeah. the debate entirely for many reasons one of which is the patient's love it, but it's also better care frankly um but it won't be all patients all the time and all medicine is done over the telephone it's now going to be you know better supported by remote monitoring it will be for certain kinds of conditions and not others um it will be you know, a boon to the sort of hospital at home programs. It's going to effectively move, to a significant extent, a uh, quite a lot of care from hospital into the home and maybe with stops in skilled nursing facilities and so on. So it should be a significant boon to your business as well. and it changed your business, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, that, you know? sorry, Don. That, so, we, so we've employed it big time. We've learned from it and we're gonna use it. Definitely. So Don, Don had referenced uh, my business. I I don't promote. Uh, so 24 Hour Home Care is a sponsor of the show and my day job, uh, not here to promote it. But what he was referencing is the home care industry um, has seen, and I Don and I haven't even talked about this off the air, but our industry is seeing so many referrals and people wanting to be at home sure. Um they don't want to be in a hospital in a sniff. And, um, you know, there are, pla- there are time and place where those are appropriate and senior living as well. So yeah, Don, you're right, man. It's, uh, we've seen nothing like it. It's been a boom, but also, uh, the workforce has been stretched like no other. Yeah. And, uh, it's, a uh, it's, it's a stressful time for all of us. Uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, the home care business is, is, has a bright future and hospitals are investing in hospital at home programs. And, um, yeah, you're, you're right on. So, the annual conference, you touched on this earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and I mentioned it as well, was such a, a big part in the revenue stream, but mostly just a great event for your members to learn, network, etc. Yep. Um, you've been able to sustain. Um, what's the future? Like, when do you see that? Is it 2022 the next possibility, um, do you think? Or when, when do you think that'll come back?
1: Well, such a timely question. It's, I mean, on my desk this very morning. So without diving into too much detail, we've got our annual conference currently scheduled for I think the third week of May. We hope to move that to a date perhaps in September. We likewise hope to move our colloquium, which is in Washington, DC, from its current date to maybe even, you know, put a thunk, January. But we're doing what others are doing, which is predicting um, the vaccine across the population uh, and the psychological impact it has on our audience. So I am hoping that everybody that wants the vaccine is vaccinated by the end of, let's say, April, right? May, maybe. They gain a lot of confidence in terms of herd immunity, their own immunity, et cetera, et cetera, and are ready to go to a hotel and uh, network and attend educational meetings for two or three straight days and in September. So I'm hoping that there's significant normalcy return to our picture in the fall and I'm a little on the optimistic side, but you can see there's others even more optimistic. I'm seeing, you know, conferences being scheduled right now into, into May and so on. So it's, you know, I think there's a range of opinions, but that's mine and that's how that's how we're operating right now. Okay, yep. awesome.
0: So um, you talked about the vaccine, you know, you're gonna get it. I got my first shot last week. You're expecting your members to. Is your, from what you're hearing among your members, Um, is it pretty much, you know, vast majority are are gonna get the vaccine or are you hearing a lot of concern or fear of the vaccine among your members or their staff? I don't hear a
1: lot of concern. I mean, I hear a little. These are smart physicians. They remember when I think it was the mumps vaccine uh, that was rolled out in the forties or whatever and promptly killed, you know, 500 Americans or something like that, or they read about that. And so they're really wise when it comes to the efficacy of vaccine, et cetera. They've lived with it. You know, these are, who, who amongst us, did you or I know the word herd immunity uh, 12 months ago? Right, no. so they know about herd immunity. So I think that uh, I, I hear only a little of that. Across my members, I think there's gonna be a high level of uptake. There will be so, some that don't wanna be in the first flight and may wanna wait six months, but I think that's the rare exception. I think that uh, most everyone um, in terms of our physicians and the administrators and so on are going to see this cost-benefit, a risk-benefit analysis. You know, There might be some risk associated with the, the, the vaccine, doesn't seem to bother Fauci and members of the administration and so forth, including I think the president. But the benefit, oh my gosh! You know, here, unlike many, many vaccines, this is, you know, the Pfizer and the Moderna one are at ninety-five percent efficacy. This is, this is very, very promising. And so, faced with looking at that kind of a statistic, I mean, I'm concerned just about not at all. I'm going to get it, and I think my members are thinking that way too. I want to be liberated from the threat of getting COVID.
0: Yeah. Now that's uh I appreciate your your feedback there. Um there is you mentioned the history the mumps 1940s you know there's been a lot of change with government regulation testing things like that. I actually spoke with um you know with a a friend who this morning who is African American and he helped me see things from his lens and some mm-hmm. of the history there as well and um you know it really helped me you know, see the hesitation a little bit better. But what I liked about him, he's like, he acknowledged while there was issues in the past, things have changed and he got his shot last week. And, um, and, but he also, at the same time, he he did sense, he had some hesitation, but he decided to be rational about it and felt the benefits outweighed the cons, kind of like you are saying. So appreciate that, Don. (laughs) Um, As we get towards the end of today's show, a couple of things I wanted to hit on. Well, the big one is, So APG, we talked about the conference coming up in September. What are some of your big initiatives uh, this year, 2021?
1: Well, advocacy as always. So we are very much engaged in Sacramento and Washington, D.C. Clearly, we're hoping that the value movement is accelerated and we're urging that occur. Uh, We're watching with interest as to whether there is some sort of a public option launched. And Um, whether it's um, what the model is. So there's a rising chorus calling for the public option to be capitation exclusive. So that's a big thing. We're looking hard at that. That will be controversial for lots of reasons, but highly favorable in terms of our mission. So that's certainly, you know, a big initiative. You know, we're gonna continue to do the sort of intramural education and uh, best practice sharing that we always do. Sharing with one another how to best handle the vaccine and so forth and and the like and uh, you know we're going to continue to lead the industry basically in this in this movement of value. I don't think any other professional association um, has its hair on fire as much as as we do about it. We know we live it, and it works and it produces higher quality, lower cost. So in a word, we're going to push hard on it. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. And my last question uh, or invitation to
1: you is your podcast. Tell us about that. How's it's going? So it's going good. Very like this podcast. So, you know, whatever number of months ago when I and we observed that, oh my gosh, we're not having in person visits anymore. We need to continue to communicate to our members, with our members. We need to um, basically, you know, continue to do what associations do, which is educate and inform and and allow for discussion and the like. And so, you know, we watched with interest, the rising popularity of pop, a podcast, just like this one, but you know, you see them sprouting up everywhere, right? Yeah. And um, so we jumped in to do the very same thing. I think we've done, I don't know, eight or 10 episodes now. The roster of those uh, guests that I've been able to interview is really, been very rewarding. I mean, so sort of moving a little backward, you know, Mark McClellan in time, backward in time. So most recently, I think Mark McClellan, and then Don Berwick, and then hearing from Raj Shrestha at Intermountain, how they're doing it, and on and on, and Chris Chen at Chen Med, and it's just been a cool who's who list, of really the best current and sometimes past. Thinkers in uh, healthcare policy in the United States. So it's been nothing but fun and and gratifying, and the numbers are looking pretty good in terms of the analytics. Uh, we're uh, going to have the doctors' company be our sponsor here coming up at upcoming episodes, and they have thirty-three thousand or something physicians on their rolodex, and so the you know, expansion and penetration of it. Um, so it's. Seems to be a very useful and interesting form, just yet another form of communication, particularly good for those that are stuck in their car during commutes and those on treadmills and gyms, and anybody else who's, you know, it, you know, it's it's a, it's a really good way to spend 30 minutes and 40 minutes and learn from somebody really smart about some subject, smarter than I in every instance, of course. And so it's really been good. It's going good.
0: Awesome, Don. Last time uh, I saw Don was a couple of months ago and uh, he had just started the podcast and we were just chatting about it a little bit. So it's great to hear uh, about the success. I told him also for an organization that hasn't done it before, I felt the audio quality was solid. Um, mm-hmm. Good. I, I think something I can learn from. So a uh, great job, Don. And uh, yeah, congrats on that. So so, yeah usually we wrap up talking about the 2021 conference again, that is they're looking at having that APG is looking at having that in September. And Don, uh, people can keep tabs on that by APG.org or or how do people keep tabs on that?
1: APG.org of course is our webpage and that's a good way to keep track of everything. Um, You know, uh, send, us, send me an email if you want to be on our sort of, our distribution and I can make sure that, that we kind of hardwire our connection for any of your listeners that wish to do that. So webpage, contact me. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion that a significant percentage of your listeners already are connected to us, perhaps.
0: So. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, really quickly, yeah. Don, uh, you mentioned uh, you invited the audience to reach out to you. What's your email
1: address? It is dcrane. D isn't Don, D. Crane, at apg.org. How creative of us, huh?
0: (laughs) Again, folks, that was D. Crane at apg.org. Also, you can check out uh, Don's podcast. Uh, Again, he's the host. He's had some great guests on. You can also find that podcast on apg.org. I'm guessing on Apple Music and and all the others.
1: Stitcher, all the others. Awesome. Yep.
0: Cool, Don. Well, hey, uh, that's it on mine. Anything else we didn't touch on today you wanted to share with the audience?
1: You know, I would just wish everybody a, a, a healthy new year, um, stay safe, wear your mask. We need to we need to fight this thing wisely um, and then, uh, you know, get in line, get your vaccine. That's what I would say to everyone at this point. Awesome, Don. Well, hey,
0: great having you as a guest. Best wishes in 2021. And I'll be definitely checking out your podcast uh, this year.
1: Very good. And to you, too, Kevin. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.
0: Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.